Studios. This, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. What's up, everybody? Welcome to After 9. Thanks again to everybody who's been tagging us in their Spotify year-end wraps. It's nice to know there's so many people listening to the podcast on Spotify. You can get it in a lot of different places, and you've apparently figured that out. So thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, oh boy, where do we start today? Remind me, I want to talk about Sears and, and balls oh, the, coming the, up in just the ball, a second. The ball stretcher. There's a sneak peek at the ball stretcher. I have so, so many questions, and maybe the podcast listeners can help us out with this. I don't know. Maybe. Fucked if I can figure out what this thing is for or why you would want saggy balls. I, I honestly don't get it. I thought that was something guys got self-conscious about as they got older. Yeah. Why you would want to make your nuts sag. But prematurely just seems ridiculous to me. I have a bit of a different theory on why that's a thing, though. Okay. So we'll All get right. to that. We'll get to that. I, I like that. Um, let's start with this a DM that I got. It is somebody forwarding me a headline. UK gives Pfizer and BioNTech immunity from lawsuits over COVID vaccine. Says, hey, Scott, heard you say you're willing to take the shot. I'm not pro or anti-vax, but headlines like this are concerning. What do you think? Hmm. Um, Yeah, I think all drug companies, before they put anything out to market on a faster or more accelerated timeline than they're used to, uh, are going to want that kind of immunity. Frankly, it all comes down to the science, and I tend to think that if the government checked all of their research to make sure that it was sound and done properly, that there really shouldn't be a problem. It doesn't matter if that whole vaccination thing is all just a placebo. It doesn't matter to me if it's just water in there. I'm taking it so that I can get back to normal. That's the only reason I want this vaccine. Hmm. I've never even had a fucking flu shot. That's what I find interesting, though, is because I'm not there yet. I'll be honest with you. I'm not there yet. I, I don't even want to take a COVID test. But, of course, I'll do whatever I have to just to make sure I'm healthy. If I'm feeling unwell or if I have any of the symptoms, I will take it. But I'm not going to just willingly put my hand up and take a needle in my arm yet. And, and trust me, I understand that there's these are professionals. This is what they do. you know. And, and in the past, the, there's been vaccines that have been lovely and wonderful. And we've come out on top after something like this. It's kind of crazy that we're living through this, by the way, when you think about it. Because you hear stories you know, in history for, when they didn't have this kind of medication. Do you know how many people died all mm-hmm. the time? So how cool is it, first of all, that we live in a time at least where we have the technology and the sophistication and the ability to do it? I'm fascinated by it all. I know there's smart people behind this. I know they know what they're doing. It still doesn't make me raise my hand yet. And I've always been that type. I wanted to go to the people who really, truly need it first. To be honest, I don't see why I should get it before or I should throw my elbows out when there are older people dying. We know that. When there are healthcare professionals that are at risk every single day, that put their lives on the line every single day, and all the front frontline heroes. Uh, like, I'm okay. I'm doing, I'm doing my thing. I'm going to step back for a bit. Absolutely. I'm, I'm pro-vaccine. If you want to do that, I'm like you, though. I've never had the flu shot. But it doesn't mean I won't take the shot. I'm not just quick to get into the front of the line. Yeah. And, and to me, it's funny because I see these people that are all like, yeah, l- let Trudeau go first and then I'll take it. I'm pretty sure Trudeau is going to do it. It'll yeah, probably will. be on television. Yeah, he will. So once he does it, then are you going to do it or are you just talking out of your ass? Because if you're just talking out of your ass, shut up. Yeah. Like, honestly. Yeah, stop saying things Ford like that. Take it first. Stop. Okay. Yeah. He will. It'll be on television. You'll be able to watch it. You could probably go and see it live if you wear a mask 100%. and distance. You're, you're absolutely right. They'll make a whole broadcast of it. They will be like, they'll promote it as if it was a, a, an award show special. Guys, you know, red carpet to Justin Trudeau getting the needle coming up at 7 p.m. And then the needle goes in at 8. 
they're, they're going to do it. It's going to happen for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be done. And they're going to recruit uh, a whole bunch of celebrities and people like that to take the vaccine to try and show you that it's safe. Who would be the main Canadian one? I, I wouldn't be surprised if they recruit like a, a Ryan Reynolds type to take it. And, and they'll get like, I don't know, fucking Brent Butt and the cast of Corner Gas and that sort of shit. They're going to get a whole bunch of people to take it to try and show you it's safe. And <laughs> the listen, cast of Corner Gas, that's so random. <laughs> I know, but it's true. They will. Right, and right. if you think about it. They say in the past for more traditional vaccines, and if you didn't hear our explanation yesterday about the three different types, go back and listen to yesterday's podcast. But for this particular type of vaccine and because of the funding they had and the work that had been done in advance because of researching vaccines for past coronaviruses, it made it easy to get this one out quick. Some people are still skeptical of the timeline. That's totally fine. It's up to you. But the next step would be the long-term effects. Well, we don't have time to study the long-term effects here. They've got to start getting needles in arms. And frankly, I got to think, based on this technology, this MNR vaccine type or whatever it is, I'm good with it. I'm not waiting 10 years to get it. So if I'm not going to wait 10 years, there's no point in waiting seven months to get it. Just get it now and get it over with. That's my philosophy. Now, you do you. You do whatever you want. Me, I want to sit at a fucking bar and drink a beer again. I want to go to a Leaf game. I want to go to a Bills game. I want to be able to do the things I used to do a year ago again. So I'm going to get the shot, and uh, if nobody else wants it, that's fine. That's less time that I've got to wait for it. But two things on this. Number one, the government is really starting to concern me. They have got to start being honest about when we're getting it. People in the U.K. are getting vaccines as early as today. Americans, December 15th. They start giving out shots of the Pfizer one, December 22nd. The Moderna one is coming out. And the third one, maybe even the fourth one, too. It's hard to say. They'll be out this month. They're going to have thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people vaccinated before 2021. That's unbelievable to me. We don't even know when we're getting ours. All they'll say is some in the first quarter of 2021. So that's why I'm willing to travel. If I have to go down to the States and pay for it, I'll do it. If I got to go over to the UK, yeah, I'll do it there too. The other thing too is I usually really like the perspective from the columnists at the Toronto Sun. And I'm thinking about Joe Warmington and Brian Lilly. And I'm thinking about uh, Fury, Anthony Fury, I think it is. I don't understand why they're on such a crusade right now for these small businesses. I feel like it's really misguided, and I feel like they're really just sort of clouding the argument. Tomorrow, the premier is going to make his weekly announcement about new restrictions, and we're fully expecting Mm -hmm. some areas to go into lockdown as of Monday. Windsor, it looks highly likely. York Region, strong possibility. Halton, I'd say, is about 50-50. Hamilton, 50-50. I tend to think that if Hamilton and Halton go into lockdown it's not as much to do with their numbers it's more to do with people from toronto and peel that are leaving their region to shop in those areas and dine in those areas so i think that they'll probably get shut down if not this week the next and waterloo region is probably going to get shut down too and the sun's on this big quest and i honestly for the life of me can't figure out what the end game is here are they trying to get small businesses reopened or are they trying to get big businesses shut down (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that. I I feel the same way sometimes. I wonder because there are some people who are pro put the put the guards up, right? Don't let people shop for sweaters when they're at Walmart. They got to shop for groceries and groceries only if they're essential and they're open. Um, but keep in mind, it's it, it's a big ask. It's a big ask for most consumers and most customers to do. But w- curbside pickup will still be available 
in a lot of places for well, these smaller businesses. But if we all don't do our part and we just talking a bunch of shit, it is going to make it worse. So I wonder, if, are all those people doing those things? Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. And I totally get it. I'm the one who didn't want lockdowns at all. I wanted businesses to be open and thriving. And unfortunately, our numbers just didn't go that way. We have no one to blame but ourselves for that. There's too many selfish people out there, too many naysayers, too many people that aren't doing what they're supposed to do. And the community spread numbers are ridiculous. So, for example, yesterday, Brian Lilly and Joe Warmington were all about the stats, the stats that show, oh, very, very few COVID-19 infections are coming from these small retailers. So it's crazy to close them. I don't know what those guys don't understand about what lockdown means. It's not about shutting down businesses because they're spreading. It's about keeping people at home. Mm -hmm. You can go out and do your groceries. Sure. You can go out and pick something up curbside and then go home. It's not about perusing all the different stores on Queen West. It's not about wandering through the mall or, or walking down Young Street to pop into this shop and that one. That's not what we're doing here. People were asked to stay home. Yeah. That's why those businesses are closed. Now, I totally agree that it's not a level playing field because the big box stores are open. However, the small guys are shut down. Now, listen, you can think whatever you want about that, but careful what you wish for. We've already got a lot of people out of work because of this Mm -hmm. do we want to put even more people out of work because reopening the small businesses nearest i can tell is not on the priority list right now while the numbers are as crazy as they are they always said 150 people in the icu was basically the magic number when we got to that point then we really had to start worrying Yep. We're close to 200 right now. Yeah, it's nice. pretty fucking bad. And that's really what it comes down to. I mean, you're bang on because people are saying, well, there's certain places that are hot spots and, and the stores aren't one of them, uh, some of them. And not in every case is that true. And also, that's exactly what they're looking at. They don't, they don't give a shit. They're not really looking, although, of course, they're, they're taking a glance at those hot spots, at those, those issues, those problems that we're going to have. And we will continue to have issues in December because this is the season, right? This mm-hmm. is the season. You're used to getting together with people. Maybe you sneak in a visit here with this person and that person. Next thing you know, although you individually visited them all, one of you had COVID, you spread it to everybody, perhaps. So they got to keep their eye on that. But it is absolutely, at the, at the end of the day, it's the hospital numbers they look at as their number one point of, do we shut down or do we not? And that's the only number that they need to care about. Well, I just, I usually don't think of them as putting out clickbait, but that's exactly what it is, the, what the Sun columnists are putting out right now. And no disrespect, because like I said, I mean, whether it's Fury, Lily, Warmington, whomever, generally, I really like what they put out and I enjoy their perspective on things. I don't always agree, but I like their perspective. In this case, it's fine to try and, and hitch your wagon to the whole, uh, let's support small businesses. But again, you're not making a clear argument. Do you want all those big box stores shut down and thousands more people out of work and on the EI slash SERP? Because I don't think reopening small businesses is the solution. And while I agree it's not fair that one's open and the other's not, uh, something has to be open because people need some basics and essentials. And right now, the small businesses are allowed to offer curbside in most cases. That is at least allowing them to keep some money on, in the door. Mm-hmm. They're getting a, a ton of opportunity to collect different grants and subsidies from the provincial government and the federal government. And finally, people are supposed to be home. This is not about wandering the malls. It's really not. No, this is not the time to be going up and down Queen West to go shopping. It just doesn't work that way. Even if you 
can make that case that there's not a lot of spread from these small retailers. That's not the point. The point yeah. is people, and people don't fucking listen. No, they don't. And, and if anything proves it, it's a pandemic, right? Yeah, If anything exactly. proves it, it's definitely a pandemic. Just be safe. Do your, do your part, and we'll be okay. It's, it's the small rule breaks. And trust me, I'm not coming at this with a halo on my head. I'm not saying this because I've done everything Neither of perfect. us are. Yeah, neither of us are. I'm, I've done things, yeah, absolutely, where I thought, ooh, technically it's not allowed. Let me do a count here. Oh, there's more than 10 of us in this room. Oh, damn. I've done it. I fully admit that. And I'm, But looking at these numbers, I, you know, you, you can't, you can't, we just can't do it. If we want to actually be able to do all of the nice things that we can do, and a vaccine is close for those who really are looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Sears. How many times have I said this? You can have a multi-million dollar company, but when you leave a minimum wage intern in charge of your social media, it can fuck the whole million dollar company up. (laughs) Sears. And Sears, I mean, uh, how much bad publicity do you want, Sears? It's already Sears. Well, here's the problem. And I don't know who noticed this. Or how many people noticed it. Maybe it was just the one before they took it down. But somebody figured out that when you're on Sears.com searching for workout equipment, if you search specifically for a medicine ball, (laughs) it's not the workout equipment that you think that'll come up. It's actually a weight that a man would attach to his balls. What? To make them sag a little more. Stretch them out. Okay, wait a minute. Hang on a sec. Okay, so when you first say weight and you're talking about junk, I would have imagined that it was someone wanting to stretch out their peen. Like you attach it to your penis and then like you try to like stretch Armstrong it a little bit. Like, uh, give me another inch. That doesn't work, by the way. You can't stretch your dick like an elastic and hope that it looks bigger. <laughs> have you tried? Like maybe temporarily, but eventually it's just going to go back to normal. That's not how a dick works. And that's not from experience, right? No, no, I never stretch my dick. So listen, okay, so I'm confused. Well, recreationally, but never to try and achieve a desired outcome. <laughs> what does it say in the description for this ball ball stretcher? What does it say? What is the purpose for it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I'll read it to you. I found a screenshot that Bro Bible came up with. What they say is XR Brands Heavy Hitch Ball Stretcher. Hook with weights. Mm. It's forty nine eighty eight on sale right now. And I believe this is the American version of the Sears website. So what you do is you clamp these things onto your scrotum. Yes, that's the right word for it. It's got two chains that are attached to two weights. You can even zoom in on the picture here on the Sears website and get yourself a good look at the heavy hitch ball stretcher. <laughs> They say it fits on almost any size balls. For the more daring individual, you can add even more weight to it if 16 ounces is not enough. By the way, 16 ounces pulling on your balls is a lot of weight. But part of the problem here is the person who modeled the heavy hitch ball stretcher was a naked dude. And this is not a gag, pardon my pun, this is not a <laughs> gag gift. I mean, no. it's not like a, hey, just pretending like you can, you walk into like uh, Spencer's, for example, oh, look at a fucking ball stretcher. That's funny. And by that, it's a joke, though. This is no. legit. Yeah. Yeah. It's legit. It is for guys who want to uh, 
I guess, essentially stretch out their nuts. Okay, but wait a minute. Is it, though? Because if I think about it, and my mind is going back to an episode of Sex and the City, okay? Because that's where my mind refers to any time that something sexual is brought up because there's always an episode that will relate to it. In one particular episode, I remember them talking about a guy that liked his balls pulled. Could there not be something to this where it's not that they're trying... The the point of this isn't to make your balls sag. The point of this is the pleasure of the feeling of the weight pull. Tell me more about this, Scott. I don't have the parts. Tell me, is that a thing? Well, first off, you should know that the item is non-returnable. Thank God. They say it fits on almost any size balls. More weight can be added with the hanging clips, and it includes two 8-ounce weights. I can't really find a reason, though, that a guy would want to stretch out his nuts. So, seriously, you're not answering my question. Do you think there's pleasure in it? I don't For think some there people? is. Could you maybe I mean, see that? I mean, people have find pleasure in all kinds of weird shit. Let me put it to you this way. Uh, picture balls. Like a handful of nuts right there. You're going to want to put this above the balls. So the weight is going to be up against your actual nuts. That's going to feel like somebody is squeezing your balls. Some people I like don't that know shit, a single man. person that likes that. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like you, you don't know because why would they broadcast it? Maybe there's people that really like them fucking yanked. Maybe. Maybe. Well, there's guys that like to get kicked there and slapped you know there mean? and degraded and all yes. sorts of shit. Yes, there's people who hire people to go kick them in the fucking dick in the middle of a park and they'll just e-transfer the money for it. That's a thing. So why wouldn't it surprise you that someone probably likes a weight dangling from their balls because it feels good? Mm. I found a product description that I can use here. Test your limits with a unique ball stretcher and two 8-ounce weights. Start with a manageable tug by slipping the U portion of the stretcher onto your scrotum above your balls. Savor the pull of the heavy-duty stainless steel as gravity takes its toll. Two connector chains dangle with convenient hooks for adding more weight or maybe even more. How much can you handle? Play on your own. Or with your master or mistress. The durable material is non-porous, oh. making it easy to sanitize after each use. Yeah, it's a dominatrix. It's a dominatrixy kind of thing. I don't get that it shit. It seems though. like it. I, I, but but don't you understand how that could happen? You know, people. Some people just fucking get off on pain, and it escalates, right? And they start with, oh yeah, flick me in the nuts. That feels good. Then it's a fucking punch to the nuts. Next thing you know, you're dragging a fucking weight across your balls. And that's how Where you does spend- it end, though? Like, hey, I got a baseball bat. Hit me as hard as you can. Yeah. Like, eventually, you've got to draw the fucking line somewhere it's- here. No? Yeah, just cut, cut my fucking balls off with the scissors. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I love? I love getting my balls cut off. Do it. <laughs> Take, wait, no, no, not the sharp ones. Get the fucking dull ones. <laughs> Seriously. The fuck? What the fuck? I, I mean, I'm with you. What the fuck? But I'm saying that it could be a thing. Someone knows. Someone knows something, tell us anonymously. Please slide into the DMs, Scott Fox on air on Instagram, or Cat on air, Cat with a K. Please slide in, explain the ball stretching to us. Thank you. I honestly thought it was just guys who didn't like, like a firm sack. They wanted like a squishy sack. So that's why they were doing that. And I thought to myself, just take a fucking bath. I don't know, sit maybe, in a warm room for a little while. Maybe, There's lots of ways that you can get your bag a little saggier it's well, fine okay oh well that's that's a point too though i mean you do make a point maybe there are people who want to kind of 
bring them out a little more? Maybe they're a little more tucked in. I don't know. Everybody's different. Maybe there's. What's some... your preference? Is there a female <laughs> appeal to this? Like when you look at your husband's no. balls, do you ever think, no. oh fuck, I wish balls they were are, saggier? You know, to some people, balls are in the in the shot. Other people, they don't even see the balls. I, I didn't. Right. I don't even. I didn't even think about this as a thing. To be honest with you, balls are just mm-hmm. kind of there to help us produce life, and otherwise, they don't really have much purpose. To be quite honest with you. Balls don't have a purpose? What are you saying? Other than to bring children into the world, I yeah. So what, what, what purpose does it have? Well, I don't know. I mean, what purpose do boobs have? It's, they're necessary. It's just part of the guy. It, it makes up who he is. We've all got nice nuts. I'm just we saying we agree. don't focus on it, though. There's a difference between tits on girls and balls on men. It's not that women don't like them. I'm just saying they're less likely to want to spend a lot of time there. Mm-hmm. Whereas boobs, right. you got like guys and girls, whatever your preference, to play with boobs all day. Yeah, I mean that's a thing. There's right? a lot of guys who would actually yes. like probably take a day off work if that was the totally the goal. Seventy-seven uh-huh. percent of adults plan to buy themselves more Christmas presents this year as a reward for getting through 2020. <laughs> you know, you guys can spin it however the fuck you want, but you're basically just shopping for yourself. I don't think anybody's listening to this podcast right now thinking, oh, yeah, I should go buy myself a little treat for making it through to the end of 2020. Here's my reward for not catching COVID and ended up in the ICU. I I really can't picture people thinking that way. But 77% say that when they're shopping, they'll probably buy more for themselves than they typically do. And it'll be a reward. Now, almost half said they don't normally buy themselves a gift. I'm going to call BS on that. The top things we're gifting ourselves this year include a nice dinner, new clothes, booze, a spa day, or a vacation. Okay, sure. Two-thirds say the challenges of 2020 have made them more determined to find the perfect gift for someone. And three and four are looking for gifts this year that will lift people's spirits. I haven't started shopping yet, and I do have some stuff that I've got to get. I always do. I'm not thinking about any of those things. I'm just shopping to get it done because I don't even know what Christmas is going to look like this year. Right? Are people coming over? Are they not? Is this going to be another fucking Zoom thing? I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like. Uh-huh. All I know is that there's going to be a lot of booze because <laughs> well, this year we earned that. Yeah, abso- you're absolutely right. We, we don't know about a lot of things, Scott. But even if, let's say, you're in an area that will be in lockdown over Christmas, one thing is for sure, there will be likely some form of pleasure, whether you enjoy booze smoking up whether you just like that nice hot tea if that's your preference but you sh- you we all deserve whatever makes us happy whatever makes you happy you want to buy yourself that shit buy it get yourself that pedicure get yourself that well get it before everything locks down G- get yourself all those things do those things for yourself M- of course we de- we definitely deserve that huh uh while we're talking surveys 2000 people participated in this one 7 in 10 say they've had at least one great idea During the last seven months of pandemic stress, maybe it's an invention or a creation of some sort. Maybe it's a a way that you can make life better for yourself. Seven in 10 have had a light bulb moment, a great idea that they say they're now working to put in place. Okay. I don't want to discourage your optimism there. If you came up with a great idea. And you think 2021 is going to be my fucking year because I came up with this thing and it's going to be huge and I'm going to be wealthy. 
Great. Just keep in mind, at some point, somebody thought a ball stretcher was going to be a great idea. And here we are shitting all over the concept in the After 9 podcast. So uh, whatever your idea is, I wish you nothing but the best. Nothing. But we'll see how many inventions actually come from 2020. I don't know. Uh, It was a weird year, though. Did you see that meteor crash yesterday over uh, Toronto? Wait, no. Did someone get hurt? Is everyone okay? Yeah, nobody got hurt. It was just caught on a couple of the different cameras that are positioned all the time over, like, the CN Tower and over the city skyline. Did it look cool? I didn't even see this. Why did I not see this? You didn't see it? I didn't even see this, no. I was actually avoiding social media during The Masked Singer because I was late watching it, so maybe I missed all of this stuff. It's, uh... Um, people disagree about the circumstances. Thousands of people reported seeing a giant flash of light over Lake Ontario yesterday. And apparently you could see it right down into the States. Okay. That's a pretty sizable flash. Some say they heard a big bang. Other people say they didn't hear a thing. They just saw the actual light. Whatever it was, we didn't know that was coming. And it seemed pretty substantial. I don't know how big an asteroid needs to be to do big damage, but this one was moving at, what was it, like 1,100 kilometers a second or something like that? It it was ridiculous how fast this thing was going. Wherever it did land, there has to be damage, unless it completely broke up in the atmosphere as it was coming down. But if something pierces the Earth's atmosphere, there should be at that speed, be a loud bang. Some people say they heard it. Other people say, eh, no, I just saw the light and I thought that was really strange. Either way, you got to look at this. I retweeted it yesterday from EarthCams on Twitter. It's really, really cool to see it. But it was an asteroid streaking across our sky. Did it land in the lake? Did it land somewhere in New York? Did it land, I don't know, in Quebec somewhere? We don't know. Yeah. But it happened. It was a thing. That's cool. It probably just broke up. Doesn't it just, like, break up? It's gone? Some of them do. I don't know if they all do. I'm probably not as well-versed on the subject as I could be. But nonetheless, we didn't know it was coming. It's not like NASA said, hey, guys, just so you know, there's like a a one in a thousand chance that an asteroid that's near the Earth could actually hit. Well, boom, where the fuck was that warning there? I don't think we need it. See, I'm of the mind of, like, I don't really care to know unless it's actually an imminent danger. Like, unless they're like, fuck, guys, this is the size of... Texas, and it's going to hit. Okay, I care to know that. But mm-hmm. otherwise, no, keep me in the dark. I'm cool with the videos after the fact. When people catch it on their dash cams, I'm good. I don't think we need to add on. I don't think we need to pile on, especially right now. Don't give people something to fucking freak out about or worry about or argue about. You know what, NASA? You keep that shit to yourself. I don't care if you do know. Don't tell us unless someone's in danger. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a, a fair way to look at it, I suppose. I'd kind of like to know. I mean, if there's a precaution that I can take, put it this way. Do you remember when that uh, space station what was going to crash back down are you, What precaution are you going to take if they tell you a fucking asteroid is headed towards your house? Let me tell you. So do you remember that, uh, I think it was Mir space station? There was an old space station that was up in Earth and yes. it was falling to low orbit. Yes. And it was finally going to come back to Earth, but we didn't exactly know where it was going to land. There was like a... chance a piece of it could land in Canada. And I don't think any of it ever did. But if I knew there's a very good chance that the Hubble Space Telescope, when it returns to Earth, was probably going to land somewhere in Ontario, 
well, I don't like those odds compared to the rest of the world, so maybe I'd spend the afternoon in the basement. Maybe I'd stock up on some canned goods. Who knows? Obviously, I'd hoard toilet paper. There's lots of reasons that you might want to know that a giant thing from space is going to crash into your house doing a thousand kilometers an hour. You wouldn't do anything differently. I, w- I told you, I want to know if there's imminent danger. If there's not imminent danger to me, I don't care. Okay, fair enough. Let's talk about Vegas for a second. A favorite destination of yours and mine. A top casino operator in Las Vegas says that Vegas is going to be the economic recovery of the world. He says so many people will be flocking to Las Vegas when all this COVID shit is over. It'll be reminiscent of the roaring 20s all over again. Tourism has plummeted in Nevada because of the pandemic. There's not nearly as many people traveling. But the CEO of Wynn Resorts believes in the next two years, Las Vegas will be fully recovered. And it won't be a slow comeback. It's going to be like flicking a switch. It's just going to be jammed everywhere along the strip. From the casinos to the clubs to the sports books, it's going to be nuts. How long before you want to go back to Vegas and get it to be a part of that? That's pretty, that's pretty cool. If I want to go, go back to Roaring Twenties style in the 2020s, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. You know, I think back to when I kicked off, by the way, kicked off 2020 with a Roaring Twenties party for New Year's Eve because parties were allowed then. I had a massive party on New Year's Eve. And I also had planned a trip to Vegas. So, I mean, you're, you're, you're speaking all of my language right now. Reminiscent of the Roaring Twenties. How debaucherous is it going to get? I mean, Vegas on a good day. I don't want to be very family friendly. Don't get me wrong, but I, 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 I miss Vegas. You know, I miss Vegas so much. But I could see, I could see that. I could see that. Why haven't we put a little more effort into making Niagara a little more Vegas? Yeah, thank you, Scott. Especially, there's a couple of things that could make it better. We could use the same rules, put the same rules in place, just in terms of you're in the casino, drinks on us as long as you are gambling. It seems to work well for them. It seems it to works great for them. And, and you know what? When they're handing out booze, it's not exactly costing them a fortune to do it, but it's great for you not having to pay $6 a drink when you're already spending money there anyway. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for putting that rule into place. I don't want to have to travel across the border to this dingy shitty casinos just because i can get a free seneca drink niagara oh, it's, gross. <laughs> it's just gross we have beautiful beautiful casinos in niagara falls they're really great like amazing if, if we could add that that's one element what else do you think that we need on the trip Con- i think more concerts we do have a couple of, of obviously event halls we know that we do inside the hotels um what else are we what else are we missing maybe a place for bigger concerts and bigger shows would be cool Well, the problem with Niagara, I think, when it comes to attracting some of that world-class entertainment is it's too close to Toronto. So there's some artists that go out on that circuit and they just play different casino shows. Okay, that's fine. I have to think, though, that some of the big acts that you see do residencies in Vegas are probably thinking to themselves, "Mm, I could probably make a little more money if I did this in Toronto. Okay, well, let's focus on Niagara. Let's create that little destination that's nice and close. And right now, it's okay. I mean, there's some restaurants. There's a couple casinos. But we could really make Niagara 
fucking cool again. We could really make that Vegas-esque. Create a strip. You've already got the world's greatest attraction, natural one, right there. Water flowing nonstop. That's good. Now, let's add in a few more uh, shows. Let's add in some more world-class restaurants. Let's put in a few more adulty type things. That are a little closer to the strip. Very Vegasy type stuff. Right. Okay. Why do people go Fair. to Vegas? Uh, to gamble, bachelor well, parties, and bachelorette parties. Yeah. Let's make it more of a destination for that. You're and a right. few more clubs with some big name DJs. Yes, absolutely. I also think, though, of and, and, it, and why we separated a little bit. Because there are people listening going, well, I like to take my family, though. I don't want to take them to my family. You know, my little kids buy a fucking rippers when I want to go see the Guinness World Record thing. So maybe we should add on to what we have. Make a family-friendly zone. You, and all those hotels are very family friendly and then make the party the fuck out of every day zone. Yeah. Hey, kick the kids out at nine. All right. Time for bed. You guys head on over to your room at Great Wolf Lodge. It's time for the, the peelers to come out and stuff like that. You know, let's make it a good time here. Finally, it's always people that fuck it up for the rest of us. The U.S. government has apparently been listening to the concerns of airlines, and they are now tightening up the rules for what actually counts as a true service animal on an airplane. A buddy of mine has a yappy little dog, just nonstop. He claims it's an emotional support animal, so he doesn't have to pay the fee when he flies to his condo in Florida. Oh, Normally, when you want to take your pet with you on an airplane, the pet goes in a kennel, the kennel goes under the plane, there it is, you see your dog on the other side. But in the past couple of years, people have been exploiting the living shit out of this policy. Uh, We had a story in the news not that long ago about somebody who wanted to bring their emotional support rooster on a plane. Yeah. I I don't know of an emotional support rooster. (laughs) I'm not a psychiatrist, but I don't know that that even exists. They they need to tighten up. These these rules, you're abs. That's I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. At the same time, I do understand if you're talking about a dog or a domesticated animal. Okay, domesticated animal. It you hear stories. You do, and it's, it doesn't happen all the time. But you do hear stories about when those animals are put into crates, and some of them do have anxiety, and then you got to get them to pop pills, and sometimes the pills, you know, aren't aren't good for the animals, and all of that stuff. I do understand. Like I don't necessarily blame someone for trying to do it so far, but that's where it gets ridiculous. That's where you cross the line when you're starting to bring in your fucking support sloth and your fucking peacock and your gardener snake. Why the fuck do you even have those? Where did that come from? Don't don't lie. We know that's not a support animal. Sure, it makes you feel good. There's a lot, animals just do that, right? Naturally, there's a lot of animals that just make you feel good, but. Uh, it shocks me how many people do try to get away with and have gotten away with it, I should say, so far. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, now the rules stipulate exactly what a service animal is. Just because you went on Amazon and bought a little vest for your dog that says service animal doesn't make them a service animal. They say now, it's only dogs that can be considered service animals. So leave your peacock and your sloth and, and your snake and your rooster and all that shit at yeah. home. Only dogs count. They must be specifically trained as a support animal. Specifically trained to do that job. So your little... uh Shia-poo or something like that, <laughs> as good as it may make you feel, right. is not necessarily good for the rest of the passengers in that cabin. 
So now there's going to be very strict criteria. They cannot cause any significant disruption of service in the cabin. They cannot pose a threat to the health or safety of others. And the airline will have discretion. They will ask you for credible verbal assurances that you have a disability that requires the use of this animal. They have to be harnessed and tagged and vaccinated. And you will be required to have the proper documentation, psychiatric or otherwise, to say that that is an actual support animal. Too many people were trying to get around the fee. Yeah. I think that's what it was, yeah. right? I, and I get it up to a point. I get it. You want to? You don't want to leave your cat behind, like in a crate. I get that. You don't want to put your whatever the hell else you're traveling with, your hamster in its fucking cage under there. It means a lot to you. It's a part of your family. But at a certain point, you do have to cut shit off. You really do. Sure. Hey, listen. <laughs> I'd love to be able to bring a dog with me on a plane. I think that'd be fun. For like five minutes, and then I'm going to have to spend the rest of that three, four-hour flight going, fuck, come here, come here, shh, shh, shut up, shh, no, no, don't touch, don't sniff that, don't look at her, don't do this. It would be so ridiculous. I mean, you can't hold a dog on your lap for four fucking hours. Mm -hmm. It's just not uh, realistic. I don't understand why people were doing this in the first place. If you own your own plane or you hire a private jet, Yeah, sure. Take your dog with you all you want. I actually know people who do that. But if you're just on a regular run-of-the-mill tango flight down to to Florida, (laughs) no, you can't bring a fucking Shih Tzu on there wearing a vest that you bought on Amazon and claim it's a a well-trained emotional support animal. You can't do it. It's not allowed. And now they've clarified the rule. If you think about it, it's kind of remarkable that it took to 2020. And all the people who have gotten away with it since then, for somebody to draw a line and say, yeah, that's just bullshit. <laughs> you, you can't tell okay, me that we're a done. Yeah, is- what did it take, right? It was that. It was like, no, I was waiting for that animal. The second I saw it, nope, fuck this. We're changing it. Some of the animals that they do not have to accept as emotional support anymore include snakes, reptiles, ferrets, rodents of any kind, sugar gliders, or pet spiders. That's another thing, too. Let's say you're sitting on a plane. You look over. Somebody's got a little glass jar with a tarantula in it. You're probably going to walk right out the door, no matter how high the plane is. I'll fucking jump right off the plane. Yeah, exactly. I hope you guys have got parachutes, because either the spider's going or I am. Let's fucking move. And on that, we will say thank you for checking out this edition of After 9, everybody. (laughs) Let's make Vegas, or no, let's make Niagara great again. Yep. And careful what you attach to your balls are the two takeaways from this After 9 podcast. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.